a lot has happened since last episode. Doesn't it feel like we're living in a different world a little? Simulation, some might say. I don't even know if speaking of... I don't even know what was that, guys. I don't even know what was that. Is is speaking of which even the place where we should even talk about those things? Everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah. We are... Is this the place? Are we the ones... No. If not us, then who? If not us, then who? But if if, if like it is speaking, us, I'm so sorry. <laughs> speaking I'm so sorry. as a woman, <laughs> I don't volunteer as tribute because I am not the one. Yes. However, I volunteer as fucking tribute because if not us, then who? But at the same time, this particular podcast... Will not be about I, is, the things that have happened. No, it won't. But just know that all of the content and emotions that I'm consuming are filled with red hot burning rage. Mm-hmm. And it is consuming my every waking thought and sleeping thought. And I have not mm-hmm. I have not been able to let it go. So I my heart breaks, my heart enrages, my mind is a cesspool of murderous thoughts of all kinds. And <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what to do and how to move forward and everything like that. But I agree. I, I know what you're getting at. This is, we're not going to be addressing it because this is one of the things that people I know, like a lot of people who we know listen to this have actively told us that they click on for a laugh. And while sometimes there's periods of time where laughing is not an option, mm-hmm. I feel like. As much as I'm consuming content mm-hmm. that makes me sad and angry and reflective and whatever, I, I do think that we can be that voice of laughter for you. You're welcome. You everyone. can laugh at us. <laughs> Please laugh and at us. And with us. So that's that. <sighs> that's you, that. <clears throat> anything else to add? No, every, everything that you said. Yeah. It's just, I know that there is sometimes pressure for people to say things when sometimes the people you want to hear from are not the people that are best suited to speak on a subject. Yeah. I just, I'm not the person best suited to speak on certain subjects. You don't have a uterus? I don't have a uterus. Oh my God, that's crazy. And however, I did want to say though, that when we, the, during the Black Lives Matter protest, when we we cashed out our money, we put it into a a bail fund. Correct. And we put it into, um, a fund to help organize protests and stuff. And when we cash out next time, I'm going to take my fund and put it into an abortions access. <gasps> I love that. Absolutely. Same. Just because I want to make sure that if a woman in Texas or a woman in Oklahoma needs access to reproductive care, yep. that, you know, like as a man, I've, I've put my money where my mouth is and, Correct. and that women have that. And, right. And I know that, <clears throat> Michelle Obama actually shared an abortion access care fund that yeah. I that she has a lot of faith in and, and mm-hmm. that gives women access to what they need and I want to make sure I put put something in there and Correct. and not just be angry and make sure that I've I've also done something tangible. Correct. Even if it's not ideal. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah. And ultimately you don't really know what's hard about that is like you don't really know where like, even if you feel like your source that you're putting your money into is, like, viable and then, like, what you're trying to support, you, like, actually really, a lot of the times, don't know. You really don't know. But You just have to have Yeah, you just faith. have to have faith. 
but you gotta have <laughs> but listen i love that idea i am standing behind this as well and i could speak on it as mm-hmm. someone who has had their right taken yeah <laughs> you know Absolutely. but um but also we live in michigan currently where our governor is trying her best to continue to fight for the safety and rights of my reproductive choice mm-hmm. and bodily autonomy so yeah I, I feel like we need to do address it and bring it up and acknowledge that it's happened and that we we are conscious and we are talking and we are we're gonna do something about it whether you guys know about it or not publicly on this podcast <laughs> but we hope that this hour can be just a moment for you to sit back oh, and sorry. <laughs> literally you're a monster it's not about you I know. <laughs> no um just laugh just have fun with us and make sure that you know that we're garbage once again for the hundred and like 60th week in a row or something so let's go ahead and jump into it because i thought it was really interesting that right before this podcast started you were mentioning your oils (laughs) and your headaches and i know you used to have severe migraines right that were debilitating to you but they went away yeah and i know you still get headaches but not really I mean, yeah, I do, but like they're they're so not much even, less severe. Yeah, they're not even. But anywhere. I'm wondering if so, like me, I never suffer from headaches. Mm-hmm. That's not something that ever happens to me. Do you think that your headaches could potentially be bad, but you're just comparing them to someone that has experienced migraines? If that makes sense. No, no, no say it one more time because I, I I'm so, so tired that I. <laughs> I actually fell asleep in the middle of so, your sentence, and that's not on you. I, I know you used to experience migraines. Yeah. So do you think that even if you had a bad headache, because it's not as bad as a migraine, you're like, this is nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's interesting, <clears throat> and I hadn't really considered I that. feel like when I say my head hurts, it would be a screaming headache to somebody else. But it's not a migraine. But, it's, but I know when it's a migraine. Right. And I feel like when people, a lot of the people, at least a lot of people who aren't like really close to me, who, who weren't around when I was getting like debilitating migraines, I feel like when I would say I have a migraine or I can feel a migraine coming on, people didn't entirely knew what that meant. That mm-hmm. most of the time meant that I've had a headache all day that is making me like feel like I'm being crippled, but I can feel that I'm actually teetering on the edge of feeling crippled. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to have to like shut down and basically go into like a sleep pain coma. Um, I, f- I feel like people think that I used the word migraine like liberally to mean like a bad headache when like that's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, some people say, oh, I've got such a bad migraine. Yeah. But they don't realize that a migraine is some like an actual phenomena yeah. that we can like see in the back of people's brains that yeah. shuts down vision and yeah. stuff like that. So I found this really interesting article called, How Do You Know If You're Really Sick? Whoa called accessing the body's oroscope this is oh this is gonna transition so well into something that i wanted to talk about mm-hmm. today okay perfect and so it's by this psychologist uh, and doctor named dustin ballard mm-hmm. and so these are the key points humans demonstrate seemingly unexplainable premonitions of illness and death and like we have this in literature mm-hmm. and it's not anything psychic necessarily but obviously we could see it that way and The whole article basically says that we have some sort of mechanism in our bodies to know uh, if an illness is approaching. Right. uh, 
or if in the, they go into migraines. It says okay. that people can get something called a migraine aura. They don't have a migraine, but they know one is coming, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Which I thought I would ask you, does that yeah. make sense? Oh yeah. Like you know it's coming, Absolutely. but you don't necessarily have any symptoms yet. Correct. It's, it's called the migraine aura. Yeah. Which is... How would I describe that though? Here, let me read you okay. how someone explains it later in the article. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, migraine auras are a well-known example of people noticing clear signs of impending illness. Um, the biological mechanism of auras and other illness premonitions have not yet been determined. If a biological mechanism for detecting illnesses exists, there could be a way to harness and strengthen it. So, this article is saying how it makes sense from an evolutionary perspective to know, to have some sort of internal mechanism to let you know that you're being sick. One of the examples they give later on is that cats and dogs often know when they're going to pass away. Hence, they go into like seclusion. the woods, they go into seclusion, yeah, they, like, and they go and die solitude. alone. Yeah. And, and a lot of people say it's to spare their their masters or like their owners yeah. um, pain. And it says that human beings probably have that same internal mechanism. It's just clouded over by cultural nuance and, and the way that we grow up and the yeah. things that we learn. And so... If this does exist, is there a way to harness it? So, Ooh. so what's the difference between a mind that causes illness and one that can detect sickness early? This would be an important question, not only for the field of medicine, but for also every single living person, blah, 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 blah. The aura that precedes the headache of migraines is very mysterious. There is a process of intense activity which seems to spread like the ripples in a pond into which a stone is thrown. So wrote British neurologist Sir William Gowers in 1906. He continues, the most, frequent, the most frequent among the many forms is that of a small star near the fixing point. It enlarges towards one side, its rays expanding into zigzags. So this man was just talking about the oral feeling of a migraine approaching, and he said it felt like a little star appearing in his mind, and he said he could feel the points reaching out over his head. That's really interesting. I don't know. I, I, what kind of symbolism or metaphor were you using? For There's no, like, visual representation, and that's so funny because I guess I kind of, like, brings me to think about like when I see visions or images or like um, associations to when I'm doing like a card reading or when I'm trying to explain something to somebody and I'm tapping into like my third eye or my inner visuals. Sometimes I'll call them my guides. I'm trying to like reframe that wording, but like when I'm seeing something like in my mind I don't feel my migraines coming on. I don't visually associate something to my migraines coming on. It's almost just an inner knowing and like a shift in my uh, awareness of like my energy. Mm -hmm. So physically some of the first signs that a migraine is going to come on. So like, I'm trying to think, I'm actually trying to put it into words because I've never really thought about it this way. So it would have to be before these certain things happen to me. A lot of the times it will be either, uh, I will feel my eyes, the very slightest sense of being like starting to be sore mm -hmm. as if like, if they were bruised or if I was like, uh, straining my eyes or but like 
it doesn't always have to be like I've strained my eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, or sometimes it feels like somebody has been pushing on my eyes for too long, but there has to be like there, I've, I will know before I even feel that. And then another one is like a lot of the times, and this is where I was led to believe that like a lot of my migraines were spurred by like certain dietary choices or things that I was eating because that I might've been either like intolerant or actually just like, um, like allergic to because I would feel like certain differences in like from like my chest down to my knees and a lot of it was centering like in my stomach like either like uncomfortability or bloating or whatever where like you wouldn't equate that to a migraine mm -hmm. but it was a certain type of pain that I was like I'm going to get a migraine but like so weird but uh, I would know that just some sort of sense that but I would coming. sense it before I felt those things but when I started to feel those things that weren't even associated to a headache or even a feeling in my head those would be my trigger points of knowing that like oh I'm about to get a headache and it will turn into a migraine like there I don't know like you ever just know you're like oh you ever been like I don't feel constipated mm -hmm. but you have like this awareness where you go I a sixth sense. I haven't shit in three days. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to get sick. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, oh, just a knowing of like, oh, that's right. When is the last time I've shit? I am Do, I a don't regular know. pooper. Me too. But I'm just saying, if mm -hmm. there's, I'm trying to think of an example of like, oh, wait, I just had a knowing and a consciousness of like, Mm -hmm. Something is... It's also like right after you eat food that you know is going to make you sick. Even though technically it hasn't been in your body long enough to, to have done anything to you, you just get a sense. Like this isn't going to sit well. This could be controversial, but you know that like the, 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 um, like the phrase like gaydar, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I feel like people, this is, this article is talking about like having like a, a sixth sense, a sixth sense, like a gaydar, but like for like illness. And I yes. would call it like... The Virgo, the Virgo flag, like if you Virgodar. the something like that. Um, I mean, this really astrologically does tie into things like Virgos and placements of of Virgo or six house things and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I, it's so weird because I do know when I'm gonna get a migraine before so, I even feel physical illness and I can't it does it's not visually represented in like a star it's I don't know mm -hmm. so let me continue it's reading a few awful. of these facts okay yeah so um consider this story from the writer of the article an aunt who suffered for months with headaches and dizziness of unknown origins after many visits to her doctor and failed treatments she was convinced that she had a severe illness and was going to die but the doctors weren't finding anything, but she knew. Ultimately, she had a cerebral aneurysm. So, like, she knew something was wrong with her, but nothing was showing up on any tests, and they couldn't see anything wrong with her. She wasn't necessarily always unwell. She just knew that she was ill and was yeah. going to die and then died. <laughs> and it says, while the this is not a rich topic in psychological literature, there is evidence supporting a premonition of death as a real entity. There is literature in the psychology field where people have premonitions of their death, not like a, like a psychic premonition, but just a feeling of like severe unwellness and then knowing that death is coming. It says, for example, um, and this one is very fitting for like right now, it says pregnant women who miscarry or lose a pregnancy, 64% reported experiencing a premonition that the baby was unwell. Yeah. It says that there is just a, 
a deep knowing. Yeah. Especially when it's that. Especially if there's really no way of knowing without going to the doctor and getting checked. Right. Obviously, like, there's things that you can know. But right. it says that 64% of women, even before it happened, had a premonition. Yeah. Which was very astounding to me. I had never heard that or known that or anything like that. And it says there are also a handful of case reports of other kinds of apparent premonitions. This one, uh... It's crazy to go as far as, like, like thinking... Like, you just went from, like migraines to like premonitions of passing away like i feel like mm -hmm. we're talking about the same thing but now we're talking like if we're sticking in that genre like we're going from one extreme to the other it feels like mm -hmm. like predicting and sensing that you're going to have a migraine and like having some sort of mm -hmm. you know understanding and predictability that you're going to pass away or that you have some sort of terminal illness is or even something inside of you is gonna you know not make it uh that feels like so different to me and it's just weird because i I just keep thinking about, and I feel, I, I had to think about it in my head of whether or not I could share this. Um, so this this might be a little too much. I'm going to give a, a, a death, a pre-death trigger warning to people. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know that Jessica would be okay with me sharing this if I did it in a sensitive way. Mm -hmm. um, when our friend Jason was on his way to the hospital, who passed away from COVID in December of 2020, his wife was taking him and there's obviously medical things that you could equate to this circumstance, but as a spiritual being, I see much significance to this. Um, when, okay, so when they were on the way to the hospital, he was like losing consciousness. Um, and so um, he, Jessica kept talking to him and trying to get him, you know, and he was asking questions like, where are we going? And she was like, the hospital, he was like, which one? And she told him what hospital. And he said something like, that's good. That'll be a good one. And it was the way that he said things that felt different, I feel like. And then he said he was seeing things. And mm -hmm. she asked him, like, what, what do you mean? What are you seeing? And he's like, everything is beautiful and colorful. Like, I just see colors. And while that doesn't totally line up with the things mm -hmm. that we're talking about today. I do feel like there was in that moment, some sense of him, a realization, a realization maybe. that something was different, whether or not he was conscious that he was you, passing away. Yeah, it was arguably, you know, that he knew he was dying, but it also I, sounds like maybe he did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because of the way that he worded things and the way that he was talking, it, it did seem different. And there was, at that time, I don't think he... I don't know. It just made me think of that when... Because I know, like, the way that, that his whole situation went down, like, there was just no way that he would have thought that that was the end. Exactly. And know? he had no preconsisting, pre you know, injuries or illnesses or anything. And they didn't chalk it up to it afterwards being anything other than what it was. So it's not like, you know, he had heart condition and then he thought, well, this has got to be the reason why or something like it was, you know, just very out of the blue. And anyways, I, I would like to move on. But like mm -hmm. at the same time, I wanted to bring that up because as we're talking, it's like the only thing I can think of. And it's interesting because it doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, you're in your regular day life and all of a sudden you you know, have a, have, have a that's so raven moment, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, I feel like 
you can have an awareness without being told exactly. or being an old age. So this article kind of uses uh, premonition and aura interchangeably because yeah. they're similar and different. So okay. there are these, this article is kind of making the implying that premonitions and auras of illnesses and dying and stuff yeah. are the same thing experienced differently. Okay. Um, which is interesting. There's another story from 2003 um, about an elderly patient. So the patient, the patient's family had arrived at the hospital and although they were sad, they were not so surprised to hear about the patient's death. Mm -hmm. During our conversation, I sensed that they had somehow expected this to happen. It said the daughter-in-law volunteered that when they were visiting the elderly patient at 9 PM earlier that night, six hours before the patient's death and the, at the patient's house. So like that the old person was at home and was feeling fine, but told everyone that they just knew they were going to die tonight. They could just feel it coming. Obviously this is a one-off yeah. example, but it just yeah. says that there are examples of people just somehow knowing that they're going to die. Mm. And it said that, is this not necessarily a spiritual phenomena? Mm. Is it possible that your brain senses organ shutdowns yeah. And calmly lets you know that today might be your last day. Yeah. And it says it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I love how we started off this podcast is like, let us Let's just laugh. Let us just be your one moment of laughter and happiness. I thought that this whole time too. And let let's us, get ready to laugh. Let's just be your such funny content. And now so we're like, have you thought while, about death? While I was reading People this article by hanging my. hanging out of your nose, by the way. <laughs> Don't look at it. Don't look at me. It's literally waving at me as you you're, speak. You're, I, it's I, over. I'm so you're embarrassed. Good. Why? You're fine. I'm not. So while I was reading this article, I was laughing so hard. But now that I'm reading it, it's like really serious. Yeah. Because the way I was reading it, I was reading in our voices. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, that's so that's us. That's so us. That's so, so funny. She gets migraines. Because I thought it was, I was looking at it through the lens of me. Like yeah. getting like these six senses that something are wrong. Only I get them daily. Yeah. And they're about shit that... I would say about, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll be generous with this mm -hmm. percentage, by the way. 80% of the time <laughs> is not true. 80% of the time I get my premonitions. <laughs> They're not true. They're not true. And so, that's generous. But also, think I would about say it this it's way. probably more like 90. Think about it this way. The article kind of mentions it, but barely. Okay. Are these people, especially the elderly patients or the people that are convinced they're going to die and then die months later? Like, are they somehow placebo affecting themselves into death? And it yeah. says that this is something worth looking into. Yeah. Like, are people that are somehow convinced they're going to die changing their lifestyles in such a way that it really does bring upon their death? And it says that is something that needs a lot more study, but it says it's worth yeah, thinking right? about. Yeah, right? That's so interesting. I mean, it, it's, it's, not, it's not good enough to just, like, chalk it up to, like, Whatever. You just believe if you that just believe, you manifested your own death. It's yeah. obviously a lot more involved than that, yeah. but it said it's worth thinking about. Yeah, I agree. I especially, there is something to giving up. Especially if you were thinking, I'm going to die. I'm never going to take care of myself again. Yeah. Because I can feel my death coming. Or let me just and, release all that I can. And, and then you die ways. or yeah. something. So, yeah, uh, there's so much we don't know about the brain. There's so much we don't know about how much control we have over our existence. I feel and like our body that would be easier to research than the opposite way of mm -hmm. like you're being told it's the end and you're choosing to not believe it. And then like making like I feel like. I feel like in all of these circumstances, so I die. You know? Oh, yeah. 
like I get a premonition that I'm gonna die and then I die mm. or I get a premonition that I'm gonna die and everyone says no you're really not and then I die <laughs> so that's how I feel like that would go <laughs> <for me>. <laughs> <laughs> laughter laughter are we laughing are we, la are we are laughing we friends are we having fun yet so um yes that's <laughs> <that>. <laughs> anyways um, anyways, um the other one seemed a lot funnier too. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, it's just really sad. So sad. Okay, go ahead. Um, this is a better way to make hard choices. Okay. This one's by Nancy Collier. And just so you know, let me scroll down to the bottom. Nancy wrote a book that is so fucking relatable. Nancy is the author of The Emotionally Exhausted Woman. <laughs> right? Okay, you. It's just so me. Okay, you. <laughs> So stop seeking the best imagined future and seek the best path to growth. Now, Miss Nancy in this article. The way you said Miss Nancy. Oh, I don't know what came over yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. Miss Nancy dresser. actually gave one really useful piece of advice that I wanted to read okay. to us all. Okay. Um, hold on. You talk while I find it. I don't want to do that. Okay. I will just have dead air. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, I had it highlighted, but I lost all of my highlights somehow. So much more. Oh, I found it. Okay. Don't ask yourself, what's the right decision when making a decision? And trust me, I've never had this problem. <laughs> it says, this question doesn't... Said all Virgos. This question doesn't lead you to use, to a useful answer. 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 I don't know what that is. <laughs> Right now. You're okay. Trying. You got it. You're doing great. Trying. Sweetie. You're doing so great, sweaty. Trying to figure. <laughs> trying to figure. Trying to figure. <laughs> Let my laughter breathe. <laughs> Stop trying to. Stop trying to stifle my laughter. <laughs> trying to figure that out keeps you stuck and anxious. The question that will help you move forward when faced with the hard choices. What are the growing opportunities that each choice offers? Then ask yourself which of these growing opportunities most interests you. Now, I've heard this one all before. What growth opportunities between two choices? Um, like, do you, like, you know, what are the options? But for some reason, I've never heard someone ask, and which one of those choices interests you the most? Which seems like a logical next step, but I have for some reason never thought of that. Okay. I had never, like, I've heard people say, like, well, which growth opportunity is available? But not that follow-up of, and which one is most interesting to you? Not necessarily which one is the best growth option, but which one is genuinely the most interesting to you? Give me an example. I'm very, like... For instance, Jenny, luckily she follows it up with an example. <laughs> Jenny was contacted by a recruiter who offered her a new job. While she enjoyed her current work, was well paid, and had built a solid career. First of all, cannot fucking relate, Jenny. Okay, we'll um, be there. It's okay. The new position... You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> the new position offered her a chance to learn a different set of skills 
that she thought might make her more marketable in the long run. The new opportunity also felt compelling as a potential step into a fresh and promising start, but it was also daunting and she knew it would be demanding of her effort and time. So she was totally more like... More interested in joining OnlyFans and selling people. Yes. It's so like she had this new opportunity, but she also loved what she did. But the new opportunity was going to be challenging. So what the hell do I do? She was obsessed with making a pro and cons list and playing out possible outcomes, the majority of which were fictional. She was convinced that there was a right choice that would lead to all the cash and prizes that life had to offer. And simultaneously, she believed a wrong choice would lead her on a path of disappointment and regret. Okay, you. <laughs> Me? <laughs> My whole life. <laughs> From this view, the trajectory of her future was already set. She just had to pick which door to walk through. So this is like the age-old conundrum. We've all been here. We have this huge choice. One will lead to disappointment and regret, and one will lead to life's cash and prizes. And don't we all feel that way about huge choices? Like, isn't that how everyone feels? Yeah, every choice is a win-lose situation. Is like it, the first approach a lot of the time. And not necessarily. Both no, no, but be. like, obviously, the, yes. the, the what I'm getting at is it feels a lot of the times mm-hmm. initially as a win-lose situation. When Doesn't it feel like my life choices have always been lose-lose? Um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. For some reason... So, and that's on you. Jenny was asking herself the wrong question. And so <laughs> I asked her a different one. Namely, I asked her to describe the challenges and opportunities that each of her choices offered her. So Jenny explains all of her shit. And then it ends up that Jenny actually turned down the new position. Because that was actually an opportunity to give herself permission to actually land where she already was and enjoy the relationships she already had, Aww, um, go through confidence and expertise. So basically, it said she that picked the wrong her uh, don't please don't tell Jenny that. <laughs> Boring. I, I thought that that was no, no, interesting. Joking. Turning down the new position was actually an opportunity to give herself permission to just go ahead and be happy where she was. Like she didn't really need to chase that next goal at this point in her life. So. I thought that was an interesting way to kind of frame it because this it was more interesting for her to be safe than to be but not necessarily I'm just joking I'm literally poor I'm- Jenny <laughs> no matter what she no matter what she it's chose lose lose Jenny I hate get over it way. Jenny no matter what you pick you'll be wrong she's still she's still Jenny found the black me Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> author of the, again, author of the emotionally <laughs> exhausted woman. I think this whole book could have been about Jenny, honestly. Yeah. Just the emotionally exhausted woman. And I feel for her, and I feel that. Okay. So, um, that's really all I had emotionally for us today. I thought that maybe if you were drawing cards, this is something that I'm interested in. Okay. What? Premonition in your life about your physical body or like your physical existence are you most likely to have like what's something you could keep on the lookout for that you're most likely to have an actual premonition of i've had multiple premonitions about my physical health already so we're talking about something that hasn't happened hasn't happened yet okay one in the future and it's interesting to have something like that because again it like when when doubt and and confusion comes in of like did i placebo that into effect or Mm -hmm. Was it just statistically likely to happen because I had some facts there already and, like, it was going to happen no matter what? It was just a question of when? Like, or did I actually just know that it was going to happen and it randomly happened? It's like when my appendix burst. Yeah. Um, like, 24 hours beforehand, I had just, like, this weird feeling in my stomach. And I remember turning to my ex-boyfriend and being like, ugh, I hope my appendix didn't just explode. 
And they had. Yeah. So like, was that a premonition? I mean, I feel like you say shit guess? like that all the time, though. Too. I know everything. And I'm not trying to like water it down, but you would be the first to admit. I would be the first to guess that it was an exploded appendix. Yeah. And every, you know, and it's so easy to laugh it off, like, "Oh, that's classic Skylar," until they were exploded. Yeah. And then they. Had and then to, you're like, "See, I told you I was right." And then they had to like mop me out. Yeah. So what was the question? Um, God, I just don't like the way I phrased it. I mean, I didn't what, hate it. I can't just remember. Like, the what bodily sense or like what sense over yourself do you actually thrive the most? In? Like, what sense of yourself are you the best at? Hmm. <laughs> What's it say? Okay, so I'm pulling from the Heavenly Bodies Astrology deck. This is the first time I'm like using it. I just did the unboxing. It's coming on my channel soon. And first to my patrons. First look on my patrons. So join my Patreon if you want the first look. Um, I drew the conjunction card, which in astrology is an aspect where there's a union merging or coming together of two planetary bodies. Um, so they can either be transiting or they can be one transiting a natal placement that's solid and stable or a conjunction can reference a two, like a natal placement that are both um, to the same okay orb I just have to go ahead and say that that okay. makes total sense for you because I've noticed that you know let's say we're out and you don't have something that you usually have and like things are literally transiting away from you mm -hmm. like you don't have something you normally have or you're having more of something than you usually have you always know how these things coming towards you are going to impact you oh my god i love the way you said that and i have no grasp of what you mean by that like you always, like i definitely relate to what you're saying but i have like, like you're you gonna have to give know, me some sort of better like example you know if you have x y will happen mm. like you know if you don't have y then x will happen like you know when things are, like, a, you have a bunch of one thing that you know what will happen to you. Like, you know, I don't that was, like, my no, immediate... No, no. Like, I totally agree with you, but I'm trying to give, like, the listeners some sort of viable, like, I'm example. Also, but, like, like, you I know can't think that of anything. if you are sleep adjacent, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you are not getting the right amount of sleep. You just know exactly how it will impact you. Mm. Whereas me, I never really know right. what's going to happen to me when things happen to me. Okay. If that makes sense. You seem yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay. And it's either like, okay. Yeah. So but like how, if it's a controlled go. variable, like you know how X will do to Y. Yeah. Okay. So let and me. That felt conjunction-y to me for some reason. I, I don't know why. I love that. I love that. Okay. Let me explain a conjunction like I would to like a really beginner in terms of like if, um, if you were looking at a, a, a chart and you're either, st it doesn't matter whether we're talking about transits, planets that are moving in the sky, a conjunction between that or a natal chart or just a natal chart or both. Imagine the chart of that this conjunction is in as a, as a pizza and each of the houses are pizza slices. Mm -hmm. And the planets and the signs are um, the types of pizza toppings that are on these slices. A conjunction would indicate two different pizza toppings on top of each other or so closely to each other that they're somehow touching or overlapping and you cannot pull them apart you can describe them you can see what they are and you will mm -hmm. know what they are individually but if you take a bite of that pizza without changing or moving anything and you bit into the one piece with both of them you can't you're getting both toppings. you're getting both flavors 
and they are reacting together in some way, even though they are different and they will affect your body differently because they have different mm. nutritional value or whatever the deal is. So I feel like this is interesting as a Gemini that has dualistic qualities to myself. Like I, I obviously have very polarizing feelings on a lot like of you things. You don't just have lavender. You have peppermint and lavender and you know how to make them come together to do what you want. Oh, I love that. That's like biconic. That's biconic. And a little homophobic at the same time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anymore. Yeah. Anyways, if we're talking about like what's something like astrologically about I am much better at knowing physically what's going on with my body when I have more than one thing happening. Or I am very aware of knowing when I have multiple symptoms of something. Like if it's just one thing, I question it and I have hypothesis about how it is or how it's going to affect me or what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I have a two, two something of anything, I know like without a doubt, it was like the validation and confirmation that I needed. Because I'll be like, well, it could be this. It could be this. Well, if, if this comes up, then I'll know it's this. And if this comes up, I'll know it's this. And as soon as I get that, like, validation outside, I'm mm. like, ah, that's what it is. I don't, I guess. That's very conjunction-y, in my mm, opinion. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, I know. Okay. I knew last year, and I also filmed... I was very proud of myself, you guys. I, I filmed two videos in one day. I know. It's crazy. But I just filmed a very selfish sit-down, I guess, like, confessional vlog-style video of everything that happened to me last everything year. Everything that I've ever done. <laughs> of having Mars as my Time Lord and being in an 8th house perfection house year. I'm not going to explain that now. Blah, 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 blah. I knew when transiting Mars was in my 12th house and I knew that the next place that it was going to go was my first house and I started to develop poison ivy symptoms and I started developing like little spots and things like that. I knew that because Mars was my time lord and it was about to cross my ascendant, my physical body, my identity, my external appearance and things like that. I knew without a doubt, without any other warning signs, that it was going to be the worst case of poison ivy that I'd ever had. And it's crazy <laughs> because I literally was saying shit like, my my rashes are probably going to get really intense and really bad and really red. And I swear to God, I knew as soon as Mars was going to get off my first house and into my second, it was basically going to disappear. My poison ivy last year, during the transit of Mars through my first house... I do remember that. Was actually scary. I was just talking to my nurse friend, Allison, about it. And she was like, you should, like, you're an idiot. Like, you definitely should have gotten better medical attention for that. Um, my whole legs were covered. I Like, even during Jason's memorial, like, I had to go specifically buy a dress or an outfit that was, like, that would cover my ankles because I had poison ivy all up and down my legs. And even after the poison ivy left and it was gone and it was no longer, like, itchy and a fat like uh like a rash and stuff like that my legs continued to be red as if they were scarred and then as soon as mars moved off and wasn't conjuncting my ascendant anymore and moved away from it mm -hmm. my skin like cleared up and wasn't red anymore and i knew that that was going to happen i have a much more awareness over the things i feel like that are conjuncting me than a square or an opposition or a sextile or 
just even like basic planetary placements. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. Should I? Pull one for me. Venus conjuncted my ascendant and I was like, I'm about to feel myself. I was the hottest I'd ever been in my life. <laughs> Tits out, lashes long, you know. All right, you're thinking about yourself while you're shuffling. No, I'm not. I'm always thinking about myself <laughs> while I'm shuffling. What is Skylar the most connected to? With his physical body. I'm so fucking ready for this. I to honestly have no you. idea what's gonna pop up. It's gonna be like the title card. Just nothing. A little shuffling ASMR. <gasps> Ew. What did I get? <laughs> Taurus. Trust, patience, and sensuality. I don't. I don't. Let's think about it. I don't love that. Let's think about it. I don't love it's, that. It came out for a reason. Yeah. No. I, I believe that. I believe that. I actually want to pull up your chart. Let me pull up your chart. Taurus, though, is not a sign that I often think about or relate no. to. I will say. But what about the energies of Taurus? Like I what, would say you're in very. In regards to my body. You're very stubborn in your knowing and beliefs of what's wrong with your body. Even if it's not exactly what you thought it would be, you know when you're when something's wrong and I feel like you wait longer than you should to actually get things evaluated. <laughs> I just complain about them yeah. until they kill me. And then when you do get them evaluated, if you're for sure that something hasn't been validated the way that you feel, you are kind of like a raging bull through the city when a red flag has been waved and you're just like, no, I don't like, I believe that this and this, and I'm going to get another opinion. Like you're very like passionately stable and stubborn about your belief systems in your body, whether or not you subscribe to like the initial diagnosis you've given yourself, you'll be like, this is not good enough. Like I know something's wrong. There's also been times in which I know that you've gotten like things like, tests done <laughs> that you didn't actually need and that my they're... pee burned yeah well and they don't test for everything but there's been th times where you've literally what if i had a protozoan in my urethra and mm. it's still there we would never know mm. how could you really know anything about our body anyway in regards to the sensuality <sighs> that's interesting <laughs> that is so interesting that it would say that because I do not experience sensuality with other people. Mm -mm. I only experience sensual sensuality alone. Like, it, that sounds like I'm, that? That sounds like I'm I, jerking off. Me, but it sounds more like, I feel like more like I am much more likely, if, like, if I'm walking alone through a forest and I like touch a tree, I'm like, I'm so sensual. Mm. You know? But only alone. You know what senses you do and you do not like. Yes, I and do know. Physical what touch is a sense that you don't like. I don't like human skin. Because mm. I just know that beneath it are organs and stuff. It just freaks me out a little. Um, it's like flowing blood and visualizing poking you in the arm a lot, just to see if your skin flares up with red. It does rashes. Yeah, it does. I've literally watched Skylar physically react with a red rash after being bumped into or like, <laughs> like i actually think that he might be slightly allergic or intolerant of 
of human of beings. Human touch. Yeah. It's so weird. I I like really react really strongly to human touch, and it makes me itchy. But sometimes I can totally go for it. Mm, I've seen that as well, or at least heard about it. <laughs> oh, there's a patience in this keyword of the Taurus, and I am trying to like. I'm patient with my body, mm. but I'm also like totally not. It just totally depends. Like Do I we need like a clarifier. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe we needed to ask like a different question uh, or, like, or like word it differently. Like, like this ultimately we're asking a question about my body and like my attunement to body. So like what? So the tour, like, tw like throw, um, neck. Or maybe, maybe the implication here is that back. I do have more toral connections to my body. Toral. Toral. <laughs> Let's make that a thing, by the way. Right. Um, I love that. Or maybe there is something Taurus-y that mm. I have access to that I just don't as often as I could. I mean, your south node is in Taurus. As soon as I've already completed everything I ever need to know about Taurus, so it's just <laughs> okay, like... Okay, that's what that means. <laughs> exactly what that means. Sure. I mean, it's interesting, because, like, I, for the longest time, just did not remember that you had Saturn seven degrees away from your ascendant, mm -hmm. um, and that it was, you know, conjunct your 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 ascendant in the first house. Mm -hmm. And, like, Saturn Baby, is an Earth... Baby, I was born this <laughs> I hate you. Saturn like delays, restricts, and denies, and it also like my life. Slow, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Delayed, restricted, denied. But it's like in an identity, and it's like in a um, mm -hmm. physical body sense, and in a. It's been a slow buildup. You ego, just wait. An ego, like it's like an aged wine. Mm -hmm. Takes time. Yeah, when I turn fifty, it's over. And I feel like you have trust and patience in mm. your body. To mm. know that you'll get there. Oh. Hmm. Scorpio reversed. And so the keywords on this one are intensity, exposing, purging, and renewing. Yeah, there's like a... Ooh, I feel like there's a gatekeeper-y way of associating Taurus with the body. It's interesting because these are opposition signs, mm -hmm. Taurus and Sco Scorpio. I feel like I take out as much as I put in when it comes to like... Do you want to rephrase that? Because <laughs> I know that's not true. Wait, what? <laughs> well, let me think. Let At me least think. you have told me that that statement is not true, that you take as much as you put out. No, like, I take out of my life, like, I remove things mm -hmm. from my, you know, like, what I do with my body, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, like, I remove things just as often as I introduce new things. I always have things, like, coming and going. No penises in Physically? my Physically? Yeah, I know. That's Is what that I'm what saying. we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, no, not that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Once my hemorrhoids heal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just switch past that. It's fine. Listen. Pull uh, a card for my hemorrhoids. It's been five years now. Scorpio reversed came through. Oh, so yeah. That is a hemorrhoid. It's I not forgot. going anywhere. That is so fucking accurate. Yeah, it's not going anywhere. Maybe I was born this way. And you're really stubborn about your boundaries with it. Yes. Which literally. Yeah. Like, as in, it is a boundary. You cannot go in there. It's like. It's a boundary. It's like, um, what are they? It's like a barbed wire. <laughs> Yeah, it feels like barbed wire. 
there's your message. It's about <sighs> it's about the mine was so much less clear cut than yours. You, no, I don't think mine was clear cut. I feel like we're using a very meta deck to, to ask questions and describe yeah, questions. Yeah, this is for, so beyond like my scope. But I mean, Taurus and Scorpio, it's like, what do I have? What do you have? What do I value? What do what do you value? Or what do we mm -hmm. value? And and what do I? What am I willing to share? And what am I not share. willing to share? <laughs> Do you believe? <laughs> hmm. um, I feel like you're really selfish with your body and what you're willing to do and whatnot, and I yeah. kind of love that about you. Mm -hmm. Let's ask a different question. Like I'm not. I want us just keep playing with this. I would deck never want completely. someone else. Like it. It stresses me out when other people are so like focused on like what the other person really wants like physically and like centrally and stuff mm. i'm always like i'm so great at taking care of like my own sensual needs again it sounds like i'm talking about jerking off but yeah it I'm does uh-huh and uh are you though and it <laughs> 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 and i just sometimes like i just don't <clears throat> there's not so many things that I need from another body, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. There are things that I enjoy and like crave mm -hmm. from other bodies, okay. but there aren't things that I need from another body, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's hard for me to understand people that almost need things from other bodies. Mm. Does that relate at all to you think like Taurus and Scorpio, like sure. circling around each other? I don't know. I don't have the all I, keep thinking, is, all I keep thinking is that you're Virgo, and that's very Virgoian. Oh. Um. You got yourself. You don't need nobody else. That's very, very much Virgo. So, so true. I don't know. I don't. I honestly am goods. so tired. Yeah. Um. That I feel like I did the best I could with that. Let's just see. The only thing I could think of was like I was trying to equate it to like Taurus in. Venus, like you're like you're looking at your Venus placements, but I just I'm too tired. Let's ask a different question though. Let's okay. see if something else comes about. So related to the same topics, but like maybe let's explore a different avenue. What's with something it. that you would think of in terms For of For you? This? Like, um how about what's currently something you could look more into about your physical health that you're not? So many things I just I know I wonder what the number one thing is. Though. Yeah, what's the number one thing that like wants to come to the forefront that could be looked at expect or ex, ex explored explore no not centrally <laughs> medically even or just like awareness wise about your, your yes, health. Um, Doctor Roberts, I I pulled an astrology card earlier and it well, this doesn't have to yeah. be physical either. This could be like mental or emotional or whatever. I'm just imagining like, that that is something I would really say to a doctor. You would, yeah. You're like I just have an intuitive astrological feeling. I have an intuitive feeling. astrological feeling according to a card I pulled earlier that my the Tao. Yeah. Right. <gasps> you. Literally Taurus got Taurus again, and it was reversed. So weird. I've got a great and Let's terrible relationship. Let's look at the guidebook. Oh yes. Because I literally don't know this deck yet, or else like I don't, I don't. I mean, I know astrology, but I haven't like really dove into the. I haven't done anything with this deck, so I'm just gonna read the entirety of this, and we'll just see what comes out after. Is that resonates. okay? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> 
Le- oh, I'm already triggered. Oh, Sorry. No. Okay, because this is my moon sign, but like, mm-hmm. anyways, okay, this is this about is you. This is my sensual sign. This is about you. Like Mother Nature herself, Taurus is grounded in the process of becoming. It understands that a goal and the pathway toward it are one and the same, moving through time with patient stability. It's tempered like a flower and won't be rushed, growing from seed to sprout to bud to blossom. Taurus is one with the earth and loves experiencing life through the senses. Being Venus ruled, it's a lover of beauty, valuing everything from art to fine food to bodywork. It appreciates architecture and beautiful landscapes. It enjoys luxuries and accumulating things of value. The shadow of this energy is, of course, being overly materialistic, lost in the superficial. And even its earthliness can be problematic in excess because like a flower's path to bloom, being being set in its ways makes it stubborn. There's no changing nature's course. However, when balanced, Taurus is an optimal energy for any living thing because it's weird because it's wired to live by mother nature's laws it's in flow with the rhythm of life poised to thrive and enjoy what earth has to offer some of the keywords it says there's like a section for energetics Mm -hmm. lover of beauty stability patience and trust experiences there's a section for experiences and it says experiencing life through the senses and accumulating things of value and then the shadow is materialistic or stubborn which some could say is actually a strength in some situations. Mm-hmm. Okay. What was that? It like I there was like a notification on my phone and it like triggered like a, a moment of disconnect of the audio. There's one last part of this where it says omen. It's a little paragraph I'm gonna read. Perhaps you've been feeling out of alignment or fearful. Be patient and trust in your process of becoming. Sink deeply into each moment, even if you find yourself in trying times. Feel your way into each forward step, always asking yourself what aligns and what doesn't. Your body is an instrument to connect to the wisdom of this moment. So honor your inner knowing through every sensory experience. Give your growth the gift of time. There's no rush. The blossomed rose lives within the bud. The blossomed rose lives within the bud. Sounds like more booty Anal stuff. sex. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> 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 what a gorgeous earth. There you go. Hmm. You know, I'm left with more questions than answers. I honestly am too. Isn't that the way? Yeah. Isn't that the speaking of which way? Isn't that the way If we didn't leave our listeners winds. with... Knowing less about us yeah. than they did when they thought they got here. <gasps> Speaking of people that know us so much more. Here's the most annoying thing I'm ever going to do just because I keep wanting to pull more cards. Okay, what? For each and every supporter, I'm going to name their name and pull a card. <gasps> I'm not going to shuffle in between. So the way that I land on my shuffling is the way that it needs to be aligned perfectly and organically for each and every supporter. Love that. I'm going to list their names and unsolicitedly mm-hmm. pull them a card without zero explanation and continue to move on and they can do with it what they will or... I love that. Okay, great. Thank you so much to the people on this list who currently support our podcast financially. And a special thank you to... Ooh, that one felt like it didn't want it. So let me just... Julie C., who has Earth Reversed. (laughs) Anna M., who has the sixth house. 
Heather A, who got the sun reversed. Alyssa S, who gets Jupiter reversed. It's a lot of blocks. A lot of, a lot of disconnection, followers. a lot of struggles. I said zero explanation. Mm -hmm. Rebecca PK, with the, ooh, Yang reversed. Like yin and yang, you got mm -hmm. yang reversed. Teresa D, literally Libra reversed. Dominic B, Aries reversed. I swear to God, I shuffled this. Melanie W, fire reversed. Nope, that's upright. Where am I at? I'm very uncomfortable. Melanie. Catherine L, North Node reversed. Okay. <laughs> Things are happening. <laughs> Jesse D, opposition reversed. David B, Chiron reversed. And Karen R, the second house reversed. Literally, I shuffled this. Did you flip any of them over? Okay, let's just say they're all upright. Yeah, everyone, they're Everybody, upright. Everybody, because you're lovely and supportive, I'll read you them again. You uprights. I'm going to read them again, and they're going to be upright for you. Okay, we're gonna go backwards. Karen R, House Two. David B, Chiron. Jesse D, Opposition. Catherine L, The North Node. Melanie W, Fire. Dominic B, Aries. Teresa D, Libra. Rebecca P, K, Yang. Alyssa S, Jupiter. Heather A, The Sun. Anna M, Sixth House. And Julie C, Earth. You're welcome, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for listening. And you're welcome for zero interpretation on that. <laughs> This is what they pay for. This is what you guys are here for, and you're <laughs> fucking welcome. And uh, we hope that this was your little laughter escape. I'm gonna boil Just some noodles and make those frozen meatballs, like immediately. That feels very Taurus. I'm so in tune with my body. You're so in tune with what your body needs. My, Complex my carbohydrates. And my weaknesses are Taurus. Our food. <gasps> is that? I gotta. I gotta no. Let's... Okay. Okay. I really do want to go make that. <laughs> you don't want to talk about dietary... <sighs> Just some Strengths so... and weaknesses. Oh. That's so Taurus. That's Ugh. so Taurus. I hadn't even considered that aspect, actually, while we were talking about that. So weird that it came to me without me realizing it. Dietary restrictions me. or overindulgence feels... Oof. Do you mean... Complex carbohydrates. Yikes. You deserve it. All right. Bye, babies. Goodbye.